Good morning, everyone. My name is James Chen. I'm one of the elders at the CCC. Today, John Gates and I are going to share a message with you. Where's John? All right. While we're waiting for him, I'd like to start with a story. This is a story about uh, my driver. His name is Tony. He started driving for me, for our family, since 2003. Um, he's a so-called Hui Ming. Uh, it is a Chinese uh, Muslim. Uh, we call Hui Ming. <clears throat> so in 2004, I start responding to God's grace. Besides office, many of the places I need to go are churches, uh, Bible studies, and the fellowship. Then I started invite Tony. Tony, do you want to come with me into the meeting? Tony said, no, thank you. After a while, I asked Tony again, because it is winter. Tony, it is very cold outside. Do you want to come in? Tony said, no, thank you. It's warm inside the car. Then after a while, I asked Tony again. Tony, you're very tired. You can come in, sit at the last row of the conference room. You even can sleep. And Tony said, uh, no, thank you. If I'm really tired, I can sleep inside the car. So day after day, year after year, Tony never attended the church events, Bible studies, fellowships I attend. But our relationship continue. We talk a lot. We talk about our families, our workplace, um, the, the, the phenomena in China. So we know each other very well. <clears throat> and after a few years, I encouraged Tony I said, Tony, you can't be driver forever. Before I joined Qualcomm, I was an entrepreneur. Can you do something creative? And then he started exploring doing Airbnb type of a business in China. Then he told me, oh, that won't work. Then we continue our brainstorming. Uh, one day I said, Tony, you know some chefs. Can you have an app, organize chefs to come to our house, cook for us? And he thought that it was a great idea. Then he tried it. Then later he said, well, uh, that's hard. <clears throat> and uh, so we continue talk, continue chat. One day in 2013, our chat turned into heated discussion. So he was driving, he was driving like this. All of a sudden, he pulled out a Bible, showed it to me. James, I'm Christian now. Mm. So I was shocked, I, I totally forgot uh, what we are arguing about. I, I was so excited, I said, Tony, tell me what happened. So Tony shared with me a few days ago, 
in one of these driving pastors' tasks, we asked Tony to uh, uh, drive, test, uh, drive pastors from A place to B place. And um, in this drive, uh, the pastor's name is uh, Mrs. Wang. So Tony was engaged in a very good conversation with uh, Pastor Wang. Tony shared that uh, on and off in the car or around the house, he actually heard a little bit about the gospel. He also observed the, the lives of uh, many Christians, including our family. And uh, he became interested. So Pastor Wang told Tony, Tony, you've been standing outside of this house, this God's house, for nine years already. Now you're interested. You overheard through the windows what's talking about inside. You also watched the life inside the house. Why not you go in, join them? Then Pastor Wang asked Tony, are you willing to knock the door? Tony said, yes. Actually, this is the moment they are driving. Pastor Wang asked Tony, pull off right now. So Tony pulled off. And Pastor Wang led Tony to a salvation prayer. Then a few months later, in 2013, Tony was baptized. Uh, so that's uh, Tony's uh, story. I saw John is right here. So <laughs> he's riding a bike with a helmet on. Good morning, James. Good morning. Thank so, you for telling us that story about uh, Tony. Wow. That's good. Um, what a, an amazing story of living out the gospel. As we think about how we can live out the gospel together, let's look at this, a few of these verses. And in the earlier part of this chapter, it talks about faith being a gift, a gift from the Lord through his power, through his divine power, he gave us this gift of faith. And I was thinking about, I really love biking, and I was thinking about some, some parallels in how we live out the gospel and how we follow Jesus and how other people see the gospel inside of us and, and some ways it parallels biking. Now, how many of you like biking? All right. I really enjoy biking, and uh, I'm really thankful. Uh, yesterday was our 28th anniversary, and Annalisa even brought my bike to church for me today, so I really appreciate that. Thanks, honey. But as we think about our posture of living out the gospel and our position, if we apply the right posture and the right position, we can tap into God's formidable power. As we bike, we lean forward. As we follow Jesus, what is our posture? Our posture is leaning into him, running into our Father's arms, running for his glory. We, you and I were created to bring glory to Jesus, to glory to God. We were created to, are we okay down here? Josh, you want me to be up here? It's okay, I can move around? Thank you. As we 
think about biking, we also need to know that we got to lean forward when we bike. Have, how many of you have ever biked leaning backwards? <laughs> have you ever biked leaning to the right, real far, or to the left? Something might happen if you do that. As you bike, and you can look at the picture here, uh, in biking, the further down you lean, the more aerodynamic you are. And there's a correlation in this, uh, this idea of following Jesus, this, uh, the truth, that he has given us this gift. He has given us this ability to believe. We are created to follow him. And as we lean into him, the more we get to know Jesus, the more of him that he unleashes in us. And we can uh, bike with joy. We can run with his qualities as we lean forward. So I like the idea of leaning forward. I also like the idea of leaning forward because as I lean forward, my hands are near the brakes and my hands are near the gears. I can bike up here, but if I want to accelerate, if you've ever seen those guys on the Tour de France, they put their hands all the way up here and sometimes they even get up like that. And I think uh, we need to be all in. In this faith, that we've been given as a gift based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Nothing on us. It's all a gift from him. We need to be all in. And we're either all in, we are either, we are either hot or we are cold. We do not want to be lukewarm. We need to be hot and we need to be all in. Uh, the other part is this idea of um, the position. What do you think the position's about? The toe clips. I don't know how to say toe clips in Chinese, James. Do you know how to say toe clips? These are the toe clips right here. Okay, these are called toe clips, and they're, they're really interesting. I've never had them on a bike before, but uh, in this chapter, it talks about self-control. There's a whole bunch of virtues that are listed after the, the root of faith. The fruit is love, and in between are all these virtues. One of them is self-control. And I love the toe clip because I think it's a picture of self-control. The toe clip keeps my foot right where it should be. You see, a lot of times when I bike and I don't have a toe clip, I'll find myself with the arch of my foot right on the pedal. And that is a bad place to pedal if you're going to go long distance. You want the ball of your foot, this part right here. And the toe clip keeps your foot right where it should be. And a toe clip is like having the attitude and the heart of, I want to be mentored. I want to be coached as a believer. I want to be teachable. There's a position of humility and a position of gratitude. It's based on the idea, this virtue of self-control, controlling the passions, not allowing our passions to control us. The toe clip helps me. It's like I meet weekly with a brother, and he speaks into my life through God's Word, through the Holy Spirit, through fellowship. And, and for a number of years, I met with a brother, and we would ask each other these 16 questions. And uh, that was really fun. It wasn't done in a legalistic way. It really brought life and joy because I knew I was going to be accountable. The toe clip keeps my foot in the right place. And as I, as I ride and I push, I get the best acceleration, and I get the best long uh, endurance in the, um, the position. And also it says, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. 
So we should be putting our feet in the right places as we lean into Jesus. And then the third one is the power. The power is the gears. The gears are really important, and um, I can't adjust my own gears. I'm very biased, and my heart will often lead me astray. But the, the Lord Jesus, He can adjust my heart, my attitude. He can adjust my gears. So I need to take my bike. I need to take my heart and my mind into the bike shop weekly and let Jesus fine-tune. There's two little screws on the gears, and it makes a world of difference to how we ride. If we ride with humility, and we ride with brokenness, and we ride with a heart of gratitude for what the Lord Jesus has done on the cross, knowing that that is a gift to me, then I can ride with endurance and perseverance because He's fine-tuned my gears. And I need to go back into the shop again and again. If you've ever ridden a bike where the gears are off and the chain is bouncing all around, you know it's very difficult. So I really love biking. And uh, one of the most highlights I had in my whole life was biking seven days through North Pakistan. And we got to bike with my whole family, 16 of us on bikes. And after about the third day of biking, your body starts to produce, I think it's called endorphins. I don't know how to say that in Chinese, James, the endorphins. But you start to get this joy. I think uh, Greg knows all about that from working CrossFit. There's a, a zone that your body gets into. And the mountains become higher, the sky becomes bluer, and the Pakistani milk tea with sugar tastes like the best thing you've ever drunk in your whole life. Try drinking anything after biking five or six days. And you, you find joy coming as you lean into Jesus and as you sense his embrace. And the, the more we understand and the knowledge of following him and his truth, for he is the truth, the way, and the life, I found myself starting to sing. And I sing terrible, and I never sing out loud but I found myself singing out loud. And I felt sorry for all those around me, but uh, I had just so much joy in me. The biking was incredible. So let's uh, keep that in mind. The posture, the position, the power. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah, uh, thank John for those three Ps, posture, position, and the power in this uh, biking and uh, uh, gospel living uh, analogy. However, we are going to make mistakes in biking. <clears throat> so uh, our family had a seven-day biking tour in Japan, Hokkaido. And uh, uh, this is a self-guided uh, tour. And uh, the tour guide gave us uh, those uh, daily maps. Uh, there is a set of a map. And uh, inside, uh, there is a big map. There is uh, cue cards and uh, GPS. This is the cue cards. GPS and the cue cards are turn-by-turn navigation. Actually, we found the cue cards, even though it is uh, uh, non-electronic, but it's very helpful, very reliable. It tells us how long we should ride, then which side we will see, and which turn we should take. Um, one of the mistakes we made in that seven-day biking tour is taking shortcuts. <laughs> taking shortcuts. In two situations, we took shortcuts. One is uh, when we feel 
the route designed by this uh, um, uh, touring tour guide is not as good as ours. And uh, we took a shortcuts. The second situation is that uh, when some unexpected events happened, for example, heavy rain, we are so cold, we cannot cover all the stops, so we have to alter the route. Then we had to take shortcuts. <clears throat> so it is the same, actually, in our Christian life that many times we are tempted not follow God's plan, right? Because we feel that uh, our own plan is a better one. And also, we have to change our plan when our circumstance changes. So in our seven-day tour, uh, we found that three uh, actions are very helpful um, when we find ourselves lost by taking the shortcuts. First is uh, checking the turn-by-turn. Um, the cue card to identify whether we are lost or not. So first step is we need to realize we are lost. Many times we are lost, but we don't know, right? So look at the cue cards, compare the sign with the outside, uh, and also compare the cue cards because, oh gosh, we lost. <laughs> and um, the second step is uh, don't panic. Don't blame others. Trust your leader. <clears throat> the third is uh, when none of the map, GPS, and the cue card help you. Uh, aim at the, the mountain. Actually, the mountain is near our destination. Anything changes. You know, sometimes we, 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 we can't find uh, the, uh, the sign uh, mentioned on the cue cards, but that Tall mountain never change. The tall mountain never change. So when we lost, sometimes we lost only for, you know, 20 minutes. But in one situation, we lost for two hours. None of those, uh, you know, uh, um, GPS and, uh, and the cue card help us. That mountain really helpful. So we just drive towards the mountain, regardless what route, what streets uh, we took. So it's the same in our spiritual journey. Examine our daily activities and the thoughts in devotion time and the prayers to identify whether we are on track or we deviated from God's plan. The second is don't panic. Be still. Know God is still there even though we are lost. The third is aim to Jesus. Doesn't matter which school you end up with. Doesn't matter whether you switched to another company, whether this is the right company to you, doesn't matter you move to another city. As long as we aim to Jesus, everything will be fine. So that's the lesson we learned from the first mistake. John, you want to share the second mistake? Okay, the, uh, the second mistake is when we take uh, too much baggage on our, on our bike. And we try to, try to bike with too much on the back of our bikes. We, we have too much baggage. We can't let go of past wrongs. We've, we can't get past the hurts that have been done to us. Or we can't accept something that's happened. It was tragic. There was injustice. 
And so we hold on to these things and we, and we try to bike along and it immobilizes us. And so uh, at this point, I wanted to just pray for any of us who have baggage that they have had a difficult time letting go. And I know this is true in my own heart where whether it's a bitterness or it's an unforgiving spirit or any kinds of things like that, let me just uh, ask the Lord to bless us. Lord, we come before you and we want to run in a way that is free, in the way that you designed us, in a way that you've called us. And I pray for those of us who have baggage that we are dragging along. Help us to throw off those things. In uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, throw off those things that slow you down, those hindrances, those extra bags. Lord, bring a spirit of forgiveness, I pray. Bring, break the chains. Uh, bring healing. Bring freedom. Bring release. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you've given us all your power, all divine power. You've given us righteousness through Jesus Christ. You've broken the chains of sin. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, James, you're back. Okay, uh, let me come back to the seven-day biking tour in Japan. We expect all seven days are sunny days. Actually, our tour guide told us it's the best season in Japan. It's not possible to have a rain or have anything else, but the reality is very different. Our first day started at the top of the highest mountain in Hokkaido. And when we arrived at the top, actually Japan started the first day of winter. It starts snow. <laughs> so in the design, actually, first day should be very easy because uh, from the top of mountain, just descending to the bottom of mountain. But it turned out our first day is our toughest day because in the midst of snow, later snow turns to hail. Our uh, hands feel so cold. It's a freezing cold, and I cannot grab the, the, the brake. Uh, cannot break the uh, brake. And uh, second day is a raining day. Uh, because we have a first day experience, actually raining day turned out to be very nice. <laughs> and also, after the raining day, uh, even though we're a little bit cold, but Japan has a hot spring uh, tub, so that really helps to turn our body from frozen to being warm. Our third day is a sunny day. And it's, uh, we, we appreciate it so much. And, uh, and uh, it's a great sign seeing. The fourth day, unfortunately, typhoon come. So our tour guide said, now you cannot go out because it's very dangerous. The wind is so big, it can literally blow you off the, the bike. So we hesitated in about an hour, watch eh, whether the wind will slow down. And the wind uh, never slowed down, but uh, we, we said, let's go. So we went out and continued our fourth day um, riding in the, in the midst of a typhoon. The fifth day, uh, we, we bike in the midst of uh, rain, sun, and the rainbow. And the sixth day, um, Actually, that's the final day. Um, we, we bike in the half rainy day and the half uh, sunshine day. <clears throat> but because of a special weather, actually our experience become much richer than we just spend seven days in uh, sunny days. 
Without the typhoon, we cannot understand. It is so important to keep the balance on the bike. And without the snow and the hill, we cannot appreciate enough there is a break there. When we see there is danger, we can use this gear to slow us down. Without the rain and the sun, the mixed together, we cannot see the rainbow. So when we have uh, this um, uh, experience, we cannot help share with our friends. Yes, we had a wonderful experience in Hokkaido, and let's go there next time with us, bike together. So it's in the same way in our spiritual life, adversity is not a problem. Adversity will increase the richness of our experience. Adversity will test us and um, mold us in godly shape. And uh, adversity actually will give us an opportunity to show uh, who is uh, a real Christian. You know, everybody can write uh, a beautiful in a sunny day on a smooth Wrote. I think only true Christian can still ride, can still bike in the snow, in typhoon, and uh, of course uh, in the midst of sunshine, rain, and the rainbow. John. Let's, uh, I'd like to just uh, give you an invitation to. I ask the Lord Jesus to light a candle of faith, the faith in your heart. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to just ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And um, if you've never asked Jesus to light the candle of faith in your heart, if you've never believed in him before, if you've never said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God and that I am a sinner then this is an opportunity for you to pray. If you'd like to pray along with me, please feel free. Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I need help. Save me from myself. Light the candle of faith in my heart. Give me that gift based on your righteousness and grace. Give me that gift that I might believe in you and put my trust in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for lighting that candle in my heart. And as the, our heads are bowed and everywhere eyes are closed, um, if anyone made that prayer this morning, if you'd like to raise your hand and just uh, let me see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we would love to uh, pray with you more after the service. And um, I'd just like to close the service as we uh, I'm going to read a few lines from this song, Go Light Your Candle by Chris Rice. There is a candle in every soul. Go ahead and open your eyes and uh, just listen. Some burning brightly, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire. Josh, would you play this song for us, please? And as you listen to this song, ask the Lord to strengthen the fire of faith that he's placed in your heart.